Hey guys, welcome to the Bad Decisions, Good Choices podcast. This is Laura. Um, this week's half-ish episode, I don't really know how long this is going to be. I'm going to try to keep it pretty brief. And it's not really a separate episode as much as it is a correction-ish thing to the last week's episode. Uh, and also notes on my notes, specifically on political correctness and mental health. Um, so our podcast last week was called Tales from the Looney Bin, and I got a lot of really, really good feedback from a lot of people on it. Um, it was the quickest people have ever listened to an episode, so I can assume that this is something you guys want us to keep talking about. Um, if that's incorrect, let me know. Uh, we will keep it a silly goose time and not talk about anything that fucking matters, but... Something tells me that's not, that's not how this is going to work. So I love to talk about mental health. I will research it forever. Um, I will always try to come and have something intelligent to say about it because I think it is so important and I think it cannot be talked about enough. So the feedback that I am going to address, um, so I got, like I said, I got a lot of really good feedback. Um, it's all good. But the only, uh, I guess this is constructive criticism, which is appreciated. I really actually do like that. I don't know if, um, I guess I'll get into it, but I, if anyone feels like, you know, you're offended by something in here, like we definitely joke and we're like, haha, you know, fuck off. But like, if something genuinely you think that I did not mean to offend this person or this group of people or Whatever I, whatever trash shit I fucking said to make you offended, let me know, and then I will, you know, I, there's a way to do this, you know, like, ask me a question, ask me why I said it like this, or, you know, I, I think a lot of times we want to immediately cancel people, this is so common, people want to cancel people for one fucking dumb thing they said once upon a time, and sometimes a long time ago, I feel really genuinely lucky that I have really good friends that actually take the time to one listen to this podcast people care that I have shit to say now which is I don't know I guess it's still a shock to me so when I say shocking things like you know the I want to kill myself club or the loony bit you know when I say things that are like this borderline offensive it is to be shocking um I don't <laughs> I don't I'm not going to sit here and say that I didn't say it for, I don't know, just for me. I'm I, So whether it's right or wrong, I mean, I do say shocking things and I do come back and apologize and correct myself um, if it is pointed out to me and this is one of those instances. So I'm going to give a brief like background on me and kind of like my point of view and my perspective on why I choose to say things choose ish it just this is this is my thought process okay so the phrase yes it is the loony bin it is shocking but it's my way to avoid a dark situation that for me is you know really traumatizing and it's to express how i feel about it like there is nothing you know i, I it was really hard for me after getting this message for me to be like, no, fuck that. Like, this is how I feel, you know? Like, I, I took it in grace, obviously, because I'm like, thank God, you know, my friend feels comfortable enough to bring out, like, a different point of view. But, I, you know, I still feel... 
I still felt pretty justified in saying it and why I said it. And so I'm not going to justify actions or words that are wrong, but I am going, I do want the chance to explain how I feel and why I feel it. Um, so my history and mental health, um, as a kid, I think I talked about this on the last episode. The first time I can really remember thinking about suicide was when I was 10. Um, and it was when I asked my babysitter, who was also the church's, like, pastor's daughter, um, if suicide is your last sin and you can't get forgiven for it because you die immediately after, then do you go to heaven or hell? That was more or less what my question was. And I said, like, I don't remember anyone answering that for me, except, like, we don't know. And, but, and then it was offered a lot. I just remember feeling like it was just kind of offered with platitudes. I don't remember exactly what was said. I don't, I was however old, but that's the, that's the impression it had on me. So then, you know, as a teenager, I, you know, your hormones change. You get, I was an emotional teenager. Oh my God. I was so sad all the time. And I think my closest friends always knew, but I don't. No, I mean, I, I have no idea how well I really hit it. I, I couldn't tell you. I, I, again, I hate the idea of like full functioning, but, um, because it implies that people who are depressed and battling their illness and not doing what quote normal people do, um, are not full functioning. But I mean, I did a lot of, um, I partied a lot. I went out a lot. Things that a lot of people are like, oh, I wouldn't have known she was ever depressed, do. You know, those kind of people. I like to be funny. I like to laugh. I like to be with my friends. And at the end of the day, if you're just depressed, you're, I mean, that's just what it is. Um, it doesn't stop the fact, just because you're living your life, it doesn't stop the fact that sometimes you just think about dying or, you know, it's just a really really dark, really grotesque fantasy that like it, it's morbid, but it is what it is. And there's nothing that, you know, obviously I didn't want to think about that. I was a kid, but it, it can't be helped is, I don't, I don't know what I'm trying to say really, but it is traumatizing to have those kinds of thoughts. So, um, you know, I always felt like I was oppressed as a teenager. I don't know whether that's right or I'm not here to say that, but what in my brief mental health history, I did have a suicide attempt. Um, when I was 15, I took a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of Tylenol and like, I'm talking like the whole bottle of extra strength Tylenol, which if you didn't know is like the worst way to die, but I was 16. I didn't fucking know. I hadn't really, honestly, I truly had not thought about it before. My parents didn't keep guns, shit like that in the house. They didn't, they didn't take any pills. That was what I found. And that was what I thought was going to be. It. I don't, I really, really thought I did not want to be here anymore. And I remember that feeling. And so when I took those, um, if you don't know, that's like I said, it's probably one of the most painful ways to die. Um, you start to go into liver failure. So my dad, um, found me as I started to like puke. Um, you know, it was late at night. I guess he had heard me like start crying or, you know, it's very, very painful. Um, so I went, he rushed me to the hospital and I remember getting there and the doctor was like, oh, you took a bunch of Tylenol. And I was like, why I was sick. He was like, oh, cause you took a bunch of Tylenol. I was like, okay. Like, 
I wasn't, I still was, like, in my head, like, I wanted to die, and he was, like, just fucking playing around, I was like, okay, like, don't take me seriously, so then they make you drink charcoal, which is, a lot of people think that you have to have your stomach pumped, it is, it is by far fucking horrible, and I will spare you all the details, um, but eventually, obviously, they figured out that I was very close to dying, um, they, my stomach got neutralized with the charcoal, I was fine, but when you do attend, and I think this is what confuses a lot of people about, um, asking, going and asking for help. If you are suicidal and you do have a plan, you will get put into, not the loony bin, I'm still coming up with a, a psychiatric, I, this is my struggle. I don't fucking like these other names for it either. So treatment centers, I mean, like, no one calls it mental hospital. No one calls it a physical hospital. Like, if you're sick, you're fucking sick. So, anyway, so you, you'll you go to a treatment center. I ended up at Red Rock, um, which is also in the city. Um, it, I remember being in there and meeting, like, a kid who had, um, you know, held a gun to his dad's head, uh, like, a couple days before that, a girl who had ran away, um, with her boyfriend, they had been missing for like 48 to 72 hours before anyone found them. They were, uh, hiding in Home Depot homes, um, and sleeping there at night. And then my roommate was this really, really sweet girl, um, who I had never, I don't know how everyone in Oklahoma will think this is hilarious, but, um, we'll teach, we'll talk about, uh, we put ranch on everything. I had never done that. I was from Kentucky. So I did this. So I moved here to Oklahoma and I was so depressed that first year. Like I had some really good friends, but I mean, I didn't have my friends. I, I still wasn't comfortable. I was still trying to fit in and I couldn't figure it out. And I just butted heads with my parents so bad. Um, so I was just, I was just done. And, um, this girl taught me about putting ranch on fucking everything. So I got out of the, uh, out of Red Rock with this affinity for fucking ranch on everything that I will never get rid of. Thank you, Oklahomans. Um, so after that, you know, I got put into therapy and that was probably the best thing for me. Um, I'm, I, it's so hard to look back at stuff like this and be like, I'm glad it happened. I'm glad it didn't happen. Like, I don't feel that way. I just feel like it worked out how it was supposed to work out. Um, I'm still here and I ended up in therapy and through the many therapists I've had, you know, I've been able to heal and grow. And like, I said, like this was over 10 years ago and I'm just now feeling good enough to talk about a lot of my close, like close friends know it. My friend Alex that I talk about all the time, she the other day had no idea that my semicolon was for a suicide attempt. She thought it was just mental health awareness. I don't talk about it because um, it is still, it is a stigma and it has been a stigma. And I think I've just now in my life felt accomplished enough and realized how serious this shit is. It truly is life and death you know, in these situations, we get so close to it and we have no idea for whatever reason. We have no idea. We could have done something more, but we don't, but we don't. And it's still happening like that. So, you know, I went to the military. I never told anyone about it because you're not supposed to, um, be able to join with like severe mental illness. I didn't feel like I had a severe mental illness. I felt it was circumstantial. 
And then after I got back from deployment, I started having really bad panic attacks for whatever reason, you know, like I had never had a panic attack before. And it started like, you know, I had 10 minutes until a grocery store closed and I freaked out. Like I couldn't breathe, you know, and you can kind of hear I'm getting like freaked out right now, you know, just thinking about it. But whew, it's, it's a lot. It's a, it's a lot. And if you ever know anyone that goes through that or, you know, can't explain it, there's not, there are definitely wrong ways to handle it. And I've seen it happen all the time. I've been, and now I'm on meds and I can't even say that that's, I, I don't know. I don't think that people know enough about mental health right now. I know that it improves my quality of life. I know that it doesn't make me feel like a shitty person. So, I mean, all the people that say they feel like zombies when they take them, yeah, I fucking agree. Like, I understand why you wouldn't want to take meds. So, for me, this, I don't know, being on meds, being on, and I, I guess if you want to know, DM me and I'll talk about it. I'm not going to list my full, full fucking medical history, but you know, it, sometimes it was just like, it's bullshit that I've had so many bullshit interactions in mental health where I've had to advocate for myself and say like, this didn't work for me. I don't want to take that. I don't want to do that. I don't, I broke up with my psychiatrist last year. She was a fucking cunt about some shit to me and I have no problem saying that at all. Um, there, I've been, you know, my therapist last year from UCO, I told him I was suicidal. He had one last session with me and then referred me to somebody else. And it's the lack of resources in this community in general, in America in general. Um, I had another friend message me talk about an eating disorder, a treatment center that, you know, kept patients that had, um, that had insurance and people that didn't, that were probably critical kicked out. And it's just not fair. Like it took years after being prescribed all this other stuff for someone to finally just test my vitamin D levels and taking vitamin D helped me not be suicidal in the winter. That's the kind of negligence I'm talking about. Like I have multiple stories of this and you just heard Corrine talk about hers, which I think is disgusting. She took like, I, Anyways, I will go off on a tangent and I will keep talking about that, but I do want to get to my correction and I've already spent 15 minutes talking about my mental health history. So that's kind of where I'm coming from. That's my frustration. That's my use. That's my reason for a lot of the shocking, um, language because it is shocking. The whole thing is fucking shocking that they do this to people and no one talks about it. No one even wants to talk about what's wrong with it. No one wants to talk about the feelings in general. Do you know how different my life probably could have been if someone had told me that at age 12 that actually thinking you want to kill yourself sometimes is okay, but you need to talk to someone about it? Why, like, why was that never told to me ever until like literally in the last couple of years. That's crazy. So, and here, you know, okay. So then that's the other thing using the words like crazy, using words like loony bin, or that's insane. You know, it, a lot of this too is me like, it me, it's me wanting to take back the words. It's me wanting to be like, no, I'm, I, yeah, fuck you. I am crazy. Like, what are you going to do about it? Like, I'm dealing with it the best I can, you know? And so I would very much, um, compare it to the use of the word retarded in the seventies, you know, or, and, and growing up even, I heard that word all the time. 
And I think it will be that way for telling someone that they're fucking crazy or you're fucking nuts or you're a crazy bitch. Like, that's you not being able to call it what it is and saying like, hey, uh, this person has severe trauma that they're reacting from. Like, what? You know what I'm saying? Okay, if you don't, fucking DM me and tell me I was confusing and I'll correct that on another one too. Because now I feel like I'm ranting instead of monologuing and I wanted this to be a lot more put together but I'm fucking angry I'm sorry so I'm gonna get to this message um that she sent me and it's one of my friends who why my background was important she was she's coming from a very similar background a very similar thing in her childhood very similar mental health history that we just haven't felt you know taken care of and so we've dealt with it on our own for a very long time and so she messaged me and said you know I'm the least confrontational person ever and not exactly PC myself all the time lol but do you think quote loony bin quote may be triggering for some people I know you guys are trying to make light and humor of it but just an outside perspective from someone who's also had to endure inpatient care for a few weeks and then like a the emoji like uh, I can't even do it i'll fucking post it somewhere um but it's like an uncomfortable emoji and so i said um i did have that thought uh but was it triggering for you um again that my kind of thought process on it was i i'm not gonna say i didn't have that thought i did but i did want it to be that shocking um i think i i didn't find another good word for it so there it was she said, eh, I'm pretty thick-skinned, so I'm good, but my experience was pretty life-changing, traumatic, so I'd be lying if I said no, not at all, lol. And I said, I completely understand that. Of course, that is not my intent ever, but I do apologize, and I will talk about that in my next episode. And here you are. So this is that episode. I do apologize to everyone who was in some way triggered by... My use of the phrase, I hope you can understand um, and accept my apology and continue to support me. I fucking love all of you and I'm so grateful that I have people in my life that are willing, um, you know, to call me out in a way like that. That's like, hey, you know, I get where you're coming from. That's, it's fucking empathy, guys. Like, ugh, okay, I, I have a lot more to say about that even, but, you know, I do apologize and I hope you understand why it comes from where it comes from this you know, it, it's something I said out of anger and resentment towards a system that I feel like I can't change. So this is my small way of feeling like I can change it. You know, I can talk about it. I got a lot of those, um, you know, messages and, you know, talks with people back that said, thank you for, you know, having that conversation. It's not easy. We're sorry for what you had to go through, you know, and, it is important, and I think people are really starting to wake up and realize that, you know, there's a lot of things that are happening in the world right now. There's so much trauma. We are going through a global trauma right now. I mean, a global pandemic, just in, I mean, that's the globe, not to mention everything, you know, on the U.S. level. It, it's in, it, it is actually absurd. I don't know what words we want to start using, guys, but it, it it fucking sucks and you guys know it. So there's a lot of we are going to need a lot of healing for generations to break this kind of trauma. This kind of trauma is what's passed down, these kind of fears. They're ingrained into your DNA and if you don't heal it, it will continue 
to pass on. Um, with that being said, I think also a lot in the world, um, my notes on political correctness, um, are that I don't really agree with censorship. I like how, you know, I, this girl is one of my best friends and she knows exactly how to talk to me about it. And I think critical thinking at this day and age is so fucking important and is not taught anywhere. Um, what is literally being said I would say is the first step. Okay, so I said, there are tales from the loony bin, right? And then, who's saying it? It was me. I said it. What? Why is it being said? Because I'm fucking angry at how shit's going, and I don't know any other way to express myself. That's literally it. So, with that, what is actually being said? I'm saying that this is wrong. It, it is ridiculous that we put people in a place where they can't even call 911 if something bad is actually happening. They have to get lawyers' numbers given to them. They cannot advocate for themselves half the time. And if they can, then they're, you know, hopefully they can do it well enough that they're not called more crazy. You know, it. it it's just, it, it's not okay. You don't get people's full stories. You don't, and I don't know what the right answer is, but I know that I was so disappointed when I had a traumatizing experience as a kid, as a teenager. And over 10 years later, it's still the fucking same. And it's still traumatizing. And everyone that I've talked to that's done this, that's gone through this says, yes, it is the hardest thing you will ever do, but it was so necessary to pull myself out. But I'm like, you know, to me, why is it that hard? Why is it that traumatizing? Why does it actually have to be like that? I don't think that it does. I don't believe that for a second that someone like me or my sister, um, or anyone who is labeled crazy, you know, I got it. You came a long way since the seventies, but, uh, mental health is still so new. What, yeah, we're not shocking people's brains anymore, but we're still, telling people that meds are the only way and not telling people about the food they eat actually ha has an impact on your brain and how you feel. That is like, why has no one told this? Why was I told only in the last couple of years that in the winter, if I took vitamin D, I wouldn't be suicidal anymore. It would be fucking crazy, right? In the every, I'm going to keep using that phrase. I'm sorry. It's crazy. I will come up with, uh, I don't, I don't know. Someone who's more politically correct than me, please fucking educate me because apparently I suck at it. So with that being said, constructive feedback is so, 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 so fucking important. Use your fucking brains, people. Who is saying what they are saying and why are they saying it? Why are they doing the things that they're doing? My whole life I've been misunderstood, in, in my opinion. I don't know. Maybe I'm not. I feel like I've been misunderstood and never really allowed to communicate exactly what I'm feeling, the deeper the emotion, the darker the emotion, because it makes people uncomfortable. We need to have these uncomfortable conversations because that's what keeps people here. And on that note, um, this is the end of the episode, whatever this was. Thank you so much. I'm not editing, putting a theme song on this. This is just me to you guys. Thank you for giving me this platform. Um, Mac has been so... Um, awesome. And, you know, because I'm asking her, like, is it okay? Can, you know, she said, it's your platform to go with it. So 
I fucking love that I have these best friends that support me and empower me and all you people that fucking listen to this. You rock. We still need a cult name. Um, spread love and light. Always listen with empathy. I love you guys so much. Mwah. Bye.